0: Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdley on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
1: And here we are, speeding away through the year. Next stop, Christmas Eve. If you want to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC, this will be my final program of the year, live. We are going to have Dominic Carter here with us, holding the fort till I get but I'm going to take a vacation, folks. It has been a year of no vacation for me, so vacation we're going to take. But then we're going to come back, revved and ready to go when we start off a brand new year. Thank you to everybody. That will make a vacation possible. So we will take whatever telephone calls you want to, whatever you want to talk about not just what I want to talk about the stuff you want to talk about 848 WABC's number to call 848 WABC put an 800 in front of that 800 848 WABC 800 848 9222 as you heard it on the top of the hour news we have a scale back celebration in Times Square this year mayor de blasio uh, came forth with the details Number one, they're not going to open the area until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Usually they open it a lot more than that. I've never understood why people want to stay outside standing around that long. But, hey, those – and, yeah, I've had, I've gone there. I think everybody, in you know, once – I did it one time when I was uh, young, young, young and decided to do the Times Square thing, and uh, once was enough. It was, uh, yeah, I've gone out. Um, to see, how should I put this? I was in the city a few times after I had moved away, uh, and came back and I was in the city of course, working and the hotel was near the upper end of where you could look down and see thousands and thousands of people. So I used to go out a few times. You couldn't see the ball drop from there, but, uh, it was always fun this year, um, lepers need need not go, need not attend. You have to be vaccinated. The unvaccinated lepers are not welcomed. If you are five or over, you have to prevent uh, proof of a COVID-19 vaccination, and that means a full vaccination, which means that on the date, December 31st, 2021, a reveler has to be at least 14 days after their second dose, of a two-dose, or at least 14 days if you have the single-vote dose, okay? And if you are unvaccinated, minor under five, you've got to be accompanied by a vaccinated parent. You heard this at the top of the hour news, just refreshing that information for you. And they expect that instead of the usual 50-some-odd, almost 60,000 uh, people, there will probably only 15,000, 20,000 people out there this year and like that. The incoming mayor, Mayor-elect Eric Adams, is hitting back at progressives. This is a Biz back Review story, who demand that he abolish solitary confinement in New York's jails. And um, he Mayor Adams is not taking it. He says, I wore a bulletproof vest for 22 years, protected the people of this city. He told us this, this person who was questioning him, a disruptive city council member, I think it was, or he said, when you do that, then you have the right to question me. And he says he's not going to do it. He supports punitive segregation. He's not going to be in a city where dangerous people assault innocent people, go to jail and assault more people. You can't have a jail system where someone sexually assaults a staffer, slashes an inmate and say it's okay. I'm not going to give you an iPad and just hug you and say don't do it again. So, no, if you're violent, you have to be removed from the population so that you don't inflict violence on other people. You know, this Mayor Adams, this is going to be interesting to watch. Okay? He doesn't seem like he wants to take it. Five teenagers charged. Armed carjacking, and yes, we are going to talk about the verdict that came down the day for Kim Potter, found guilty, faces, I think, 20 years um, in that Minnesota shooting. She thought, she said she was reaching for a taser, instead reached for the gun. Five teenagers, though, charged Thursday after a vehicle stolen at gunpoint in Philadelphia, belonged to a U.S. congressman. When they solved that one quick, U.S. Representative Mary Gay Scallon was driving an Acura MDX. They found it in Newark, Delaware. Walking to her parked car when two armed men demanded her keys, she handed them over. One drove off with the car. The other followed it. She was lucky enough physically unharmed. Later on, five teenagers were arrested, a 19-year-old man, 14-year-old female, three males, also 13, 15, and 16, all charged with receiving stolen property. The 15-year-old also was charged with resisting arrest, criminal mischief. Their names were not released, of course, because they're children. Okay, and... There was another story that this, I have a bunch of stories about that. She was the second Democrat, apparently. Yeah, that's it. This is from AmericanWireNews.com, AmericanWireNews.com. Two Democrat lawmakers who defend police reform bills in blue cities are both carjacked hours apart. We just told you about one of them, the other one would be Kimberly Lightford and her husband. They were carjacked in Chicago. Yep. Three masked individuals in a Dodge Durango SUV blocked the the, uh, couple's Mercedes. They ordered Congresswoman Lightford and her husband out. No, she's not a congressman. She's the uh, Illinois Senate majority leader. They told her and her husband to get out. They had guns on her. All three had guns pointing at her. And again, lucky that there were no deaths in this. And she's another one that's been apparently advocating... This reform that the Democrats have undertaken to let criminals out of jail and back into the streets. There's a story out of Fox News today, a lengthy story, prints out over 11 pages, about how Democrats who have called for defunding the police amid the George Floyd case are now pivoting. And police departments that were quote-unquote defunded by these Democrats, some of them are starting to see funds come back in again. Chicago, you know, Lori Lightfoot out there has asked the federal government for help when, when President Trump offered to help with the violent crime out there. She snubbed her nose at him. Now she's asking the feds for help. Fox News reports Chicago Prada and Hermes stores were robbed back to back. They maced a security guard in the process of this, these robberies. Oak Street, that's near the city's high-end retail district near Michigan Avenue. I think they used to call that the Gold Coast or something in Chicago. Anyway, the luxury stores, and this seems to be a new trend in these lawless blue cities, they were nabbed. Moving on to other acts, a fourth woman, Daily Mail Online, came forward Thursday, accused Sex in the City actor Chris Knopf of sexual abuse. This is number four. He uh, yeah, apparently uh, invited himself up to her apartment and started, you know, yeah, acting out. That's number four. We'll see how many how many before this thing hits its zenith. This from Florida, a Porsche driving Florida investment banker has been charged with punching a teen girl in the jaw. She cut him off. He had his really fancy Porsche out on the road, Porsche nine eleven on Florida Avenue. Says he cut her off. He cut her he cut she cut him off. He confronted her at a red light. He got out of his car, went to her car, yelled, What the F are you doing, you stupid B.I. itch? You cut me off. And then he reached in the girl's open driver's side window, 16-year-old, punched her in the face, 16 years old. He's now been arrested. California, father of three, killed after he and his neighbors confronted a man stealing cars on their street. Joey Cassius, 38, killed in Covina, California. That's a, a suburb of L.A. Trouble began there, and uh, this was earlier this week, when multiple neighbors spotted a man stealing from a parked car. They followed him. He pulled out a gun, fired several rounds. He killed Cassius, UPS driver, Bo- Boy Scout leader. All this is happening, says the Daily Mail, as criticism mounts around the D.A. there, Gasson, who was called out for a zero-bail policy. This is what the George Soros zero-bail elections, where he got all of these liberal district attorneys elected, and now they are wreaking havoc on the justice system throughout the United States of America. New York Post... Ex-cop says New York PD boss raped her nearly every game day, Yankee Stadium. He's retired now. Well, she's retired. She says that um, her police captain, her boss at the 44th Precinct, changed his schedule, made sure he had time with her. When she denied it, his advances tried to avoid him. He turned hostile leveraged his powers, her boss gave her a horrible post, showed up, showed open hostility. She said the situation was so bad she felt she was no longer there to perform the duties of a police officer but to provide unconsented sex to the captain. She's now seeking $38 million in damages. Now to Kim Potter. Jury in Minneapolis, has found Officer Kim Party guilty, first and second degree manslaughter charges. She could face 15 years, not 20, 15 years, for the first degree manslaughter charge. Second degree carries a maximum sentence of 10 years. The judge ordered her to be taken into custody right away and held without bail. The judge praised the jurors as heroes of the judicial system. The judge rejected a request from the defense team that Miss Potter be allowed to remain out on a $100,000 bail before she's sentenced. So she gets no benefit of the doubt. There is also a story. Some people object to these stories about the person that was killed, the victim in this case. Dante Wright. Lengthy story about him in the Daily Mail. He was 20 years old. And of course, this killing set off a wave of angry demonstra- demonstrations in Minnesota. But little is said about Dante Wright's past. He is accused of terrorizing his local neighborhood for years. He was. Believed or allegedly involved in the shooting of two of his school friends, a home burglary, previously assaulted and robbed a young woman at gunpoint. Some quotes from one of the mothers of a young of one of the kids that um, that Mister Wright is said to have shot. The mother, Jennifer LeMay, says he's an evil human being, worse than a monster, a waste of space on Earth. She's not sorry. There's been a lawsuit filed on behalf of her son, who was shot in the head at a gas station and left to die. The documents say that Mr. Wright discharged a firearm toward him, striking him with a single bullet in the head. And he's been disabled per permanent injuries. He was friends with with Dante Wright. And apparently this Colib, His ex friend shot has almost died six times over the course of years due over the course of the years due to his injuries. And so it looks like Kim Potter will go to jail is going to jail. The judge wouldn't even let her out. Uh, before sentencing immediately taken into custody. She was a veteran police officer, by the way, Kim Potter, of over 20 years on the force. Before anyone starts asking me, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I didn't follow the case, to be totally honest with you. I didn't follow the case in minute detail. I know what her defense was, and I don't know why the jury found the way that they found that she was guilty. I did not listen to all the evidence. I hear people already on the air here saying that she was innocent. I'm not going to make that. I don't know whether she was innocent or not. I only know what the jury said. The jury says, no, she wasn't. But apparently, and if you listen to Rudy, um, this should be open and shut the other way because she was acting as a police officer acts while a crime was being committed And he was resisting arrest and could have put the lives of Officer Potter and others in danger. And so she did, whether it was an accidental shooting or not, meaning she meant to fire her taser at him but instead fired at him. The fact remains, according to those that defend her, is that she was acting to protect herself and protect her partner against a violent criminal, And we do know he has a criminal past now who was resisting arrest. There you go. Telephone numbers. Well, the lines are full, but telephone numbers anyway, 800-848-WABC. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo we're coming back. We're going to take as many of your calls as we can today. And a few other things to discuss, so don't you dare go away. Thanks. Be right back. Bo Knows Politics.
0: And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Now it's the most wonderful time.
1: Yes, indeed. And here we are, my friends, at that most wonderful time of the year—Christmas weekend. This weekend, Christmas on Saturday, of course. Oh, it's the most
0: wonderful
1: time. They're still not having a lot of fun in the White House. And apparently, White House aides, the folks, the staff say there's a now. When news of the, what's happening with the White House staff sinks out and gets out, escapes and is made public. You've got a problem in the White House. Usually you won't see these kind of stories at all. This story was in the New York Post, white staffers having a blue Christmas, White House staffers. Uh, the administration, age, the people that do the grunt work, they're griping about low morale, an absence of comradeship, leaving them without much holiday cheer. There are all kinds of reports of how uh, they're being overlooked when it comes to special events like the tree lighting ceremony um, and, you know, the uh, maybe some of the things that were traditional, bringing family members in to give them the tour. Anyway, they're not a happy bunch over there. Nobody seems happy. Kamala Harris is out complaining again today that if she were a white guy, her news coverage would be better. Really? Why don't we ask Dan Quayle how his coverage were? was when he was vice president. Has anybody forgotten the kind of coverage that Dick Cheney got? Ask Mike Pence what lovely coverage he got when he was vice president. But, of course, it's always race, always race, always race. So there's another story with Vice President Kamala Harris. Representative Henry Cellular, and he's a Democrat, is going public with his complaint that it doesn't appear that Kamala Harris, Vice President, is interested at all in dealing with the budget. I'm not the budget, the border, which she was tasked with by this president. He's left calls for her. He's on the he's one of these guys from Texas on the on the front lines of dealing with this mess that we have at our borders. And he's a fellow Democrat. She hasn't even bothered to call him back. It's just pure ineptness from her office. There is a worthwhile article reading in Newsweek. You don't often find that. Newsweek, of course, is online, no longer all over the country in print, as it used to be once upon a time. And this article is written about the West Virginia governor. His name is Jim Justice. And Jim Justice, West Virginia governor, is praising Senator Joe Manchin for stepping up and echoing what the people in his state believe. The governor says the people of West Virginia know what this country is about, that it's founded, not founded around socialism. It's not founded by the promotion of something that is so awry that it doesn't make one bit of sense. He said of Joe Manchin, we're very proud of his vote and everything to stop this terrible, terrible carnage that is happening from Washington. Let's get started on the phones. Good afternoon, Rich. Where do we start? All right. Good afternoon, James. Let us start in Nutley, New Jersey and say hi to Steve. Welcome Steve. How are you, WABC? James Golden with you. Hello, Steve. I hear somebody there, I think. Going once, Steve. Going twice. Steve, are you there? Going three times. Steve, are you there? Last shot. Let's move on. We have problems with that phone line. Where are we going next?
2: Let's go to Passaic and say hi to Luciano.
1: Luciano, how are you, my friend?
2: Hey, how are you, Bo? good um i just wanted to say uh thank you for being a voice of reason here in the tri-state area and i love your segments with princess die on the ride home awesome job i just wanted to say that um you know i'm i've been a resident of this country for over 30 years and the rigmarole that my parents had to get put through to get me over here and now watching everybody just cross over the border. And, like, I've been paying money to be, uh, you know, to keep my green card, you know, all these years. And it seems like, wow, where's my refund? And, uh, yeah, that that, uh, police officer there in Minnesota um, with that trial that just happened, what would have been a difference if if somebody uh, were to shoot that guy as he was driving into the parade, uh, in the act of driving into the parade? Isn't it the same thing as that kid? You know, getting away. Now you
1: raise a really go. interesting person. Uh, uh, a question there: What would happen if, if there, if the perpetrator, the alleged murderer out there, had been stopped prior to him hitting and killing those people in the parade? How would we be looking at that? But you know, it's really hard to say what if because what if didn't happen. We know what happened in Minnesota with Kim Potter now. Again, I'm not going to take a position on it because I didn't follow the evidence closely enough to do so. But I will tell you that people are raising really valid arguments in my mind as to why she should not have been found guilty. No, um, no, and I'm, I'm going to look and go ahead.
2: But if, but if somebody's driving, if, if a police officer is standing there about to witness a crime and before the perpetrator in that car starts mowing people down, that that officer actually started firing at the car and killed
1: him. Yeah, but there has to to be an imminent danger. And see, that's the thing. We don't know. You can't just say, okay, you're about to commit a crime, therefore I can use deadly force. And there are rules and regulations about when deadly force is permissible from a police officer. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying I don't know. I'm going to have to really look into it and see what the rules of engagement are in terms of daily deadly force before I can weigh in on that verdict. But I'm telling you, a lot of people are just really upset with it. Appreciate the call. We're going to take a break. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. We're coming back. More calls, more news right after this. Don't go away. Now,
0: here's the soul of excellence. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC.
2: (laughs) This is
0: TV wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New
2: Year.
1: Merry Christmas to each and every one of you and your families. Let's make this the most memorable Christmas ever. Christmas 2021. You know, Andrea Mitchell has to be smarting. She did a news story, and and one of the few times that I guess you can say she tried to do good journalism, she said that Biden says the the shelves are 90% full, and that's certainly anecdotal, probably spotty. You know, larger manufactured goods, that's harder to get, construction elements. She's telling the truth. The construction industry is suffering. There are supply chain weaknesses, and the prices have gone up. She mentioned that yesterday. And I mentioned yesterday that she was being hammered on Twitter, and she was. BizPack Review has pages and pages of Twitter responses to what happened yesterday after she said that, the, the Democrats, the liberals, they went nuts. Damn, people stop turning this B.I. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. She's a traitor to America. Just saying, Andrea Mitchell is just a female version of Chuck Todd. Both of these traitors to America need to move over to Fox News. <laughs> oh. I guess Chuck Todd must have said something, too, because a lot of these have references uh, to Chuck Todd in there, too. Another person says she went over to Trader Joe's. They're fully stocked. So Andrea Mitchell needs to stop spreading disinformation and scaring people about Joe Biden. Then there's this. Andrea Mitchell is married to Alan Greenspan. She's a Republican. What do you expect? Oh, no, she's not. And anyone that's watched... Her history of journalism on PMSNBC knows better. It's gotten so bad over at CNN that Jeff Zeleny broke away from the pretty positive coverage of Joe Biden that you find over there, despite the truth, to say that President Biden was, quote-unquote, confused about COVID tests during his uh, ABC interview yesterday. Biden repeatedly misspoke yesterday, but that's nothing new. There's a column today in the Los Angeles Times that is the continuation of a story we've been following here. And this is where you can tell they're worried. This is the L.A. Times. And the columnist, Gustavo Arellano, says that hold on to your donkeys, Democrats, Latinos, going for GOP in 2024 isn't that far-fetched. People tracking the Hispanic vote are noticing that there is a shift underway, away from Democrats. And they are noticeably worried. The L.A. Times, this is a lengthy story in the L.A. Times, Now I know the L.A. Times is behind the paywall, but sometimes they'll give you one or two stories for free. If you're interested... You should go check out this story, and there are a lot of stories like this. If you just do a Google on, quote-unquote, Latinos and Democrats, you will see them popping up all over the place. Worries and concerns that the Democrats are blowing it. Let's head back to the phones. Rich, where are we going?
2: We are going to go to Queens and say hi to Bill.
1: Bill, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden. What's on your mind? You
0: know, I tell you, Mr. Snurley, I'd like to... Uh, Am I the only person around who observed that most of these people who have been k- killed by the police are what some uh, prognosticators said on TV yeah they were miscreants they have all you know have you know serious issues and uh, a friend of mine said to me that I shouldn't have this attitude because because it could be my son. and I said to him, it could not be my son because my son would not be in the predicament that Dante Rice was in or that George Floyd was in, are these people. So, I mean, so why are uh, black people holding up these, these miscreants, you know, as, as heroes and role models?
1: Well, it's not just black people, number one, that are holding them up. In fact, if you look at that crowd out in Minneapolis, if you go to Portland where these endless riots were occurring and law enforcement was too afraid to step in, and stop the destruction of property and also the violence in, in, uh, in Portland, Oregon. If you go to Seattle, what you'll find is that it's not black people just, it's just black people holding up these quote unquote miscreants. It's a lot of young white youth holding them up too. But now to your point, why do they get honored in certain segments of society? Because People want to use their case to amplify their own hatred of law enforcement and of the police. That's why this is one of the more curious things, and I have argued this for years. Some of these people, look, if you want to stop some of the horrific things that happen with black people and with other people and the police, stop doing this. Stop teaching your kids how to become criminals, accepting criminality in your neighborhood. Because inevitably, if you have a culture that glorifies, as the rap culture did, criminality, and and glorifies, quote-unquote, the life, the street life, then you are doing nothing but promoting the conflict that is going to come between these people and law enforcement. And it is very often not going to end well. And so I definitely understand your point, but let me say this. Because this is also important. We have a system in America of due process. And even the miscreants are supposed to get fair and due process under that. Police officers are not juries and executioners. They are to enforce the law and bring the criminals in for due process. That they can. Now, when a police officer's life is threatening, absolutely deadly force becomes necessary. But we should also be mindful that even miscreants in America have the right to due process. And so the other side of that argument is everybody in America should be in a position where they receive due process under the law. Thank you for the call. Let's go to a break. We're coming back. James Golden, a.k.a. Snerdley. be back with you in a moment. Don't go away.
0: Welcome to the Golden Age of Radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC.
1: W. A. B. C. New York City. One of my favorite songs. I have so many favorites, but this is just beautiful. What a song. And, you know, there's a version of this that I've been looking for, um, opera singer. And I don't know whether I'm pronouncing her name right, Ciceli Bertoli. Um, and I heard I, I heard her sing. So I know there's a recording of it. I've been looking for it. I heard her do Ave Maria, and I've been looking for it ever since. I want to try to find it over the, uh, the holidays. And if I find it, one day we're going to play a little bit of it. It's just so beautiful. Uh, Bertelli. I think that's how you pronounce your name. If I'm not and someone knows, one of you opera fans out there knows the right pronunciation, please school me. Okay, on that. Uh, James Golden, okay, Snurley with you. Let's go back to the phone. Rich, you have your tree up. Do you have everything up? What's going on over at the Valley uh, household?
2: We are all ready for Christmas, my friend. Packages are uh-huh. wrapped. Tree is up. Lights on the house. Everything is uh, everything's good. Everything is ready to go. Uh, what about you?
1: Oh, well, <laughs> not so much. Nice. <laughs> but, you know, I still have a day, so we'll be there by That's the right, time I have, man. I have some family coming to town. So we'll be ready, we'll be ready. And we have our, I have a, a three-year-old great nephew. This is going to be his first real awareness of, you know, something special with the tree. So we're all going to pitch in to, uh, to make it really special for him.
0: That's a
2: great age.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, the age. age of innocence. where do we go to on the phones rich
2: we will be going to leah in brooklyn
1: leah welcome wabc
0: hi thanks so much for taking my call i actually have two points Mm -hmm. the first one is i'm just curious about comparing and contrasting kim potter and alec baldwin they both killed
1: innocently i think most people would say um and I'm i'm curious to see what happens to both of them um to compare or contrast the results. Now that Leah is really interesting. I don't think that anyone at this point believes that Eric that uh, that Alec Baldwin is going to be charged with murder. I don't or manslaughter. It remains to be seen. But as you said, it's going to be interesting to look at the contrast and see how. Of course, you know A- Alec Baldwin didn't pull the trigger. It, it the gun fired itself when it was in his hands. So that's a difference too. Hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's, that's that's point one. And then there's
1: just something else. Like um, the the squads, uh, they're they're so worried about the Palestinians and the Muslims there. But why are they not worried about the Uyghurs? It really, really makes me very curious. There's so many Uyghurs that everybody knows is being tortured, and they're quiet. And uh, because it's China. And almost every American leftist is afraid to confront China because they fear that if they do so, they might actually, I don't know, perhaps suffer political consequences, perhaps perhaps they're worried what would happen. I don't know, but you raise an interesting question. It's not just the Uyghurs. The Chinese have a history. There's a group in China called the Falun Gong, and their religious group and they've been under persecution from the Chinese government for years and you could look at any number of groups look at the tibetans i mean they just it's un you know china is not a good neighbor but china gets a pass because they are a superpower and they are unafraid to use their power and so a lot of liberals, uh-uh, they, they talk all this business about telling truth to power. No, they don't. They tell their truth to people they think they can bully. And that's pretty much it. Where are we going next, Rich?
2: We're going to go to Monmouth County and speak with Patrick.
1: Hi, Patrick. Welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. Hello, James. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hey, James,
2: you're just getting me. Uh, An unarmed Ashley Babbitt gets shot in the head, climbing through a window. And from what I know, wasn't really warned to try to be restrained. And this officer walks, no problem. And now we have an officer in the line of duty shooting someone who's trying to escape in a car. And they're going to jail. I can't square it.
1: Well, listen, there is nothing that you will be able to square about what happened in January 6th. Not just that. You look at, look, look at, look at this. We, the left, complain so loudly about Abu Ghraib in overseas during the war, during the war against terrorism. And yet, you can have conditions going on in the jail in Washington, D.C., that are known to be terrible. And that's where many of the defendants in the January 6th incident are being held. By the way, without bail or without any hopes of bail reform. Here's how you square it. Democrats, once you get on their list and they put their target on your back, it is doubtful that you will escape. That's your square. You know, folks, I wanted to take a few minutes as we wrap things up here to talk about what kind of year it's been. Many of you, longtime listeners to the Rush Limbaugh show, will recognize this music that's in the background. It's from Mannheim Steamroller. I went, my first exposure to Mannheim was, of course, on the Rush Limbaugh program. And he took us the year that he started introducing this music, he took a group of us to Chicago. To see them perform And this is one of the songs that they performed I remember early on in the show I don't know whether it was that year or another year That Rush played this song One year in its entirety Near the end of the show And he thanked his audience And expressed his gratitude For everything that they had done for him And for the show And it was so moving I remember being in the control room And uh, my eyes were teary And I was, you know, I was weepy And I remember after the show saying to him, you know what, wow, that was so profound. I think you should do that every year, just play that song. And, you know, he ended up using the song every year as his final song of the year. Now, me doing the show, I don't want to copy and and exploit anything Rush did, but this one, I'm going to take that tradition and make it part of my tradition so that it will live on. Because I always found this song so very, very beautiful and touching silent night still knocked by Mannheim steamroll steamroller you know it is so easy for all of us to look at the world through the eyes of despair if we choose to all any of us have to do is look around at what we know of the world that comes to us from media despite all the vast and incredible technological and scientific progress humankind has made over these thousands of years of our recorded existence, we humans still seem to be grappling with the same unhappy set of circumstances, if you look at life that way. Life begins as a struggle for many of us and continues as a struggle for a lifetime. Poverty does reign in many areas of the world, including some pockets right here in our own very prosperous nation, disease can and does enter at any moment. No one is safe. Sometimes that disease brings with it pain and desperation. The families and loved ones who are the caretakers also are afflicted because they bear those wounds of what they see for the rest of their lives, the emotional struggles that many of us face. We distract ourselves. You know, we work. We work hard. We overwork. We spend our time with our family. We do all of these things that we live in a distraction and then when we're all alone, sometimes we feel so incredibly lonely. You look at children today. They're not even allowed the joys of playing. Now they're being pushed from childhood to take upon themselves early sexuality even before puberty. The wars, the threats of wars, the politics, and all that's involved in that. So why should we, when we look at everything around this negative, feel good about Christmas? It's fake, it's over-consumerized. No, you know, the real meaning of Christmas comes from the Christ that was in Christmas which represented hope in the human form, which represented truth in a human form, which is a link between the existence of God and ourselves, the return to forever that we all have within us. We can choose to look and live with eyes of despair or we can look with eyes of optimism and know that human life is such an incredible blessing that the losses that we face are only temporary in any given year. And this year we lost a lot and I lost a lot. But we can live with the spirit of forgiveness. We can live with the spirit of love because that's what this christmas is all about and this does not just happen in one religion christmas has spread around the world because of the basis of what it is living in love